So it is the Christmas season is upon us, of course, because um, because we're showing the Grinch. That's what you do at Christmas time, and uh, and it, it is the perpetual season for noise. You know, we want it to be the perpetual season of hope. But often, it's a perpetual season of noise. Now, some of you, I know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, and I will not make you out yourselves, but you are just, uh, you're a closet Grinch, right? Like, you're going like, hey, uh, Christmas season is here. That's great. Let's get through this so we can get on with life, right? Some of you just feel that way, and that's okay. And then some of you... Uh, are, you love Christmas. You're all in. I'm, I'm all in on Christmas. You can just call me Clark Griswold Jr. I'm all in. I'm all in for all of it. But whether you're a Grinch and you're ready for it to be done, or whether you love the entirety of the mess, what we can all agree on is there is lots of noise. It's happening all the time. In, fa- in fact, I think December, ironically, is one of the easiest moments to miss what God is doing. The entire season is actually revolving around God in the flesh, and yet it seems like it's the easiest moment to miss what God is doing. So what we're saying is, nope, this church, this house, this family, we're going to see and experience and know God in this season. That's what this series is actually about, about anchoring down and going, what does it mean for God to be with us? That's a cute saying. But I want it to mean something for us as a family, as a people. And so that's what we're going to be dialed into. But there's, of course, a thousand things going on to try to pull from what God actually wants to say and what he wants to do, right? There are checklists galore. You're going to make more grocery lists than you've ever made all year long, right? There's parties, there's invitations, there's things to go to, there's end-of-the-year duties that you've got, there's sporting events, you got to make sure nobody gets forgotten, everybody gets remembered. On top of that, the stores are packed, right? And there's, I mean, even in a COVID world, you can't stop the shopper, okay? Like COVID's got nothing on people who are ready to shop for Christmas. So the stores are packed. There's music that's going. People are everywhere. Commercials are beckoning you to grab the latest thing for your loved ones. There are unrelenting notifications on your phones reminding you of sales and more to-dos, and it's happening all the time. The volume is turned up in December. The volume is actually turned up in December, and there's going to be more opportunity to have all of your senses engaged in this month. And yet, the point of the moment is that God came among us, and for that to hit on a deep way. And if that's true, if God is now with us, if God is truly here and with us, then there is a meaningful, God has meaningful, peaceful, intentional things to say to us. If God is actually with us, if he came among us in the flesh and has sent his spirit to walk with us, then there are meaningful, intentional things that he wants to say. We got to grab it. That's what this moment, this hour is about. Now, listen, I've got four kids. We are, therefore, we are a family of six. We just did a, a road trip to Texas, go back to uh, where we came from. We lived in a city called Abilene. It's about three hours west of Dallas. We were there for a long time. It's where our kids were born. It's where they grew up. I say they're young lives. They're all they're, they're babies still, basically. But when they were babies, they, we had them all there. Now, we took a road trip, and 
one of the things, you know, if you came from any family of any size, that truthfully, if you even have one sibling, you know this. There is one way to be heard in your family. You turn the volume up, right? If you're like, hey, I'm trying to get mom and dad's attention, uh, but there's more noise going on, you look at the room, you size up who's there, and you go, I'm going to a whole nother level on here, all right? And this is what kids do, and truthfully, this is what our world does around us. If you wanna be heard, what you do is you turn the volume up. And this is what we all do, and this is what, it's actually pretty normative, but it's not how God always operates. And that's what can get missed in this season if we're not careful. Now listen, God can thunder when he wants to. And we have seen all throughout scripture and experienced in many different ways in our lives where if God wants to turn the volume up, he absolutely can. He can stop the sun. He commands winds and waves. All right, he owns the earth and it's underneath him. He can bring fire from the sky. The world does his bidding. He is the sovereign of the universe. If God wants to turn up the volume, he absolutely can, but he doesn't always do it. And some of the deepest, most meaningful experiences with the God of the universe come in the silence. And in fact, what we'll see through this Christmas story, this, I say story, this happening, this event that takes place, is that God is not going to turn the volume up in order to be heard. He's gonna turn the volume down and he's gonna come in silence and he's gonna see who's really looking for him. Because it's in the silence he's there. Jesus came in the silence. He ministered in silence, and he was recharged in the silence. So I'm just gonna unpack those very briefly for each one of us this morning, and then we're just gonna ask God to come and meet with us, okay? Jesus, but let me just say this again. Jesus came in the silence, he ministered in the silence, and he was recharged in the silence, meaning God's there. And if we're willing to find him there, I think he has things to say to us. Now, number one, Jesus came in the silence, right? Listen, the same kind of noise that is happening in our world today is happening, was happening in Jesus' day. The exact same kinds of stuff was happening 2,000 years ago. There is political upheaval. There is rampant racism. There is religious elitism. There was, there was a deadly illness that you had to be quarantined if you got sick. We call it COVID here. They called it leprosy there. The same things were going on. You had to be separated from your loved ones. All the kind of chaos, all the kind of noise is going in. All of it's happening. And so God doesn't come in and turn up the volume to announce his coming. He actually comes into that place and he turns it down. And instead of fanfare and congratulations, there is a baby that comes in silence, right? Now, what do we do when someone, we find out, listen, just imagine, if, if, just humor me. Imagine if you got word today you're pregnant. <laughs> so, okay, that's what, right? There's some laughter. One, I mean, not the men, 
that you're sitting at, I mean, that's, that's really weird, okay? Okay? It is 2020. It is 2020. I don't think men are having babies, but it is 2020. But imagine you got that news right now. My guess is you might, you, many of us, not all of us, but many of us would be like, that's kind of impossible. This is the same thing that's actually happening. When Mary finds out she's pregnant, uh, it's impossible, but yet she actually is with child. So she finds this moment out. Now, it's, it's, it, in 2020, we celebrate it like crazy. You find out you're praying. You're telling everyone. You're excited. You're getting your family pumped about it. You're doing gender reveal parties, okay? And listen, listen, if your if you're 2020 was tough, okay, at least you didn't do a gender reveal party that burned down half of California, right? Because I don't know if you saw that story. Just pray for them. <laughs> Rough 2020, okay? But right, big announcement. We're burning the state down. We had a boy. You know, like that's, it's a lot of noise going on. And you would think with the son of God coming to the earth, God in the flesh, that there would be fanfare. God is on purpose turning the volume down. He's turning the volume down because there's something deeper to catch. Luke chapter one, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Luke chapter one. In fact, I think it would be good for you to have one in your hands just so you can see the word of God for yourself. There's one under the chair in front of you. You guys are at home with us. Grab a Bible, make sure you have it in your hands so you can see it. Uh, as we look along here in this account of the coming of the Son of God, Luke chapter one, we're gonna start in verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and he said, greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary, for you found favor with God. And behold, you'll conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And he'll be great, and he'll be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give him, give to him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And, his, and of his kingdom, there will be no end. And Mary says to the angel, which is the most practical question, how will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child will be born with, and, <clears throat> will be, and the child that will be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has conceived a son and in the sixth month with her uh, who was called barren for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now, I love this picture because in the announcement or in the coming of the son of God, there is Zero fanfare. God announces to one person in an hour, in a moment, 
this is what's about to take place, not cluing anyone else in. In fact, Joseph finds out, we get, to find, we get to see in the story, Joseph, her betrothed or her fiance, finds out she's with child. He's ready to quietly walk away from the situation. This is, in first century Judea, this is a bad situation to be in. And only because an angel comes and says, hey, she's not crazy. What she's telling you is true. Is he willing to go along with this thing? This is the opposite of a great announcement. This is the opposite way of letting the world know what we, what we might think. This is how you let the world know that God has come in the flesh. He's saying, I'm not going that direction. I'm turning the volume down. It's not celebrated. It's gonna be unnoticed and even unheard of. It's going to be in the silence. And what we'll see is that for those who are listening, they, they receive the message of hope for those that are inclining their ear. In fact, there's only a few people, right? The only people that are actually at the birth, there's just a, a few shepherds and some wise men out of the East that are even clued into what's taking place. But there are a few people that actually know what's going on. And you know who it is? It's just normal people like you and me who are willing to incline their ear in the middle of the noise. In the middle of all the political stuff and in the middle of all the social strife, there's just a few people. It, the scripture will talk about them, Simeon. There's nothing special about Simeon. All it actually says about him is he's just a righteous man who had set his heart before the Lord. And he meets when Jesus is being consecrated. He sees Jesus and he says, I have, I've seen the son of God. There's a, a little, a widow her name's Anna. All she, uh, and all she does is pray and fast. And she's just before the Lord. Nothing really special about her. Not standing in any high place. But her ear is inclined. And she meets the Son of God. And she knows before anyone. The only other people you have just some family that are willing to open their ears. Elizabeth finds out, right? And her husband, Zechariah. They find out that God is coming to us in the silence. And for those that are listening, what does he say? There is hope. If you'll incline your ear, I have things to say to you. And there's radical hope involved. But God isn't turning the volume up. He's turning the volume down to see who's willing to fight for the jewels of his son. Who's willing to fight for the glory of his son. Of the, of the Father. This is what we get to see. So not only does Jesus come in the silence, but then we see him regularly ministering in the silence. What do I mean by that? Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9, verse 27. Jesus going from town to town. He passes on. There's two blind men following him, and they cry aloud, Have mercy on us, son of David. And when he entered the house, the blind men came to him and Jesus said to them, do you believe that I'm able to do this? And they said to him, yes, Lord, we believe. Then he touched their eyes saying, according to your faith, be it done to you. And their eyes were opened. And what does Jesus say? Say, turn the volume up and tell everyone? No. 
What does he say? See that no one knows about it. And he does this regularly. He does this with the leper that he heals. He does this with the little girl who's 12 years old that he raises from the dead. He does it with the man who's deaf and has a speech impediment. And each time he comes to them and he ministers to them. And instead of saying, you gotta tell everybody that the, 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 the thing is happening. He says, I'm tur- I want you to turn the volume down. I'm doing this in a silent way because I care about you. Because here's the rhythm. I am moving, I'm touching people's lives, I am speaking, I am shaping futures, but I'm not looking for noise and fanfare, I'm looking for hearts. I'm not looking for the grand entrance and the mega kingdom on the earth. I'm looking for hearts. I want them. It's what he would say to every one of us is there's going to be a ton of noise going on, but here's what I want in this hour. I just, I want your heart. I'm coming after you. I'm coming for you. One by one, showing his goodness. Not seeking the large and the massive, but just looking to touch people's lives. Church, what he did in that hour is what he wants to do in this one, to speak, to grab our hearts, to bring life, to heal, heal hearts. He's seeking moments to teach and to train and to love and to heal and to speak to his people, individually coming This is what he's looking for. It's what he did, and it's what he's still doing. He's still doing this. I think if we, I believe, if we see Jesus asking, requesting to work in the silence because he wants to make it paramount. One, he he knows the Father's plan and his timing, and we know that. But he's committed to loving people and obeying his Father that he was more interested in touching people's lives than increasing his fame. And he, listen, understand this. He will be forever the object of fame forever, all right? He is and forever will be the object of hope forever. He'll stand shining for it. This is who our God is, okay? He is going to be the answer to the cry of fame, right? Kim Kardashian got nothing, okay, right? Seriously, in fact, if you actually think about fame in this hour and what it is, it's so categorically paltry and insignificant. The fame of the Son of God will stand, but rather than turning the volume up, what he does is he turns the volume down to say, will you come and find me in this hour? Are you opening your ears? I'm ministering and I'm moving in the silence. I'm showing up in the quiet places. Are you looking for me? Will you find me? It's what we have. We get this month in front of us and we gotta begin to ask that question. Will we turn the volume down to find him? I'm asking myself, even as I was preparing this message, I'm going, am I willing to turn the volume down to find the famous one? This is the question over our lives.
And we actually see this in Jesus' own life because Jesus was recharged in the silence. He was recharged in the silence. Uh, Jesus uh, just receives the news that John the Baptist, his cousin, the one that Elizabeth was pregnant with, he just finds out he has been beheaded. John the Baptist lost his life trusting and obeying the Lord's command over him. What happens? What does he do immediately after hearing this news? Matthew chapter 14, verse 13. Now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. In the hour where Jesus was needing just comfort and consolation, where does he run to? He goes to the quiet place. He runs to the quiet place. After ministering and giving and helping and serving and feeding 5,000 from the five loaves and the two fish, immediately after this incredible move of ministry over the lives of people, what happens? Matthew 14, verse 22. Immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And when evening came, he was there alone in the silence, creating space to be recharged, creating an opportunity to meet with the Father again and be built up and to see what the Father had for him. On a day when he knows he's got a huge day in front of him of ministry. Mark chapter one, verse 35. After rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and he went out to a desolate place and there he prayed. Now this is, let me tell you why this is good news. Because Jesus wasn't going out to pray in order to check off the spiritual box that I did my quiet time today. If, 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 let's be honest, it's so easy to make the word of God or the place of prayer or the, if you will, to make the silent place the thing that we're supposed to do. What we find Jesus saying is in order for him to be given life and to be recharged, he goes to meet with his father, to hear his voice, to get spoken over, to get recharged, to get renewed, to give his soul over and say, whatever I'm about to walk through and whatever I'm coming from, whether I receive bad news and need consolation or whether I've got a massive day in front of me, what I know is this. It's in the silent place, God, that you're speaking and moving. This is the rhythm from Jesus coming to Jesus ministering to Jesus' own needs. We see him. And it's all pointing to what the Bible shows us is that God can move in might and power He can tell the world where to go and what to do. But it's not an accident that this season that we're celebrating is the one where God turns the volume down and he meets us in the silence. And there are gonna be so many distractions in front of us. He so powerfully just wants to remind us here of this. In the silence is something special for you. In the silence is something special for me, that it's only for you 
and it's not for anyone else. I'm gonna just say that again. God has something special to deliver to his people. And he's asking each of us, are we willing to turn the volume down long enough to hear the thing that he has to say to us? The thing that's for you and it's not for anyone else. The thing that he wants to recharge you with. The thing that you need energy to get through, he wants to speak. The thing that you need comfort from or for, he wants to speak. And in the middle of the noise, the noise, the noise, the noise, as the Grinch would say, let's turn the volume down and ask God, what do you want to say? And so here's the question, and we'll just finish up with this. That's all well and good, but what does it look like to actually hear? What does that mean? I'm going to just say, we'll finish with this. Number one, it's, let's figure out the way to turn the volume down. What is the thing that's loudest, that's clanging loudest, and how can we begin to turn the volume down? If God is with us in the silence, then he might, and, and as he's potentially whispering, can we turn the volume down enough to begin to listen? In the hustle, in the bustle, in the goings on, and all the things, and none of those things are bad. I love Christmas parties. I love all the shopping lists and doing all the fun things with the friends and all of that great stuff. None of that's bad, but just in the midst of it all, is there space for every one of us to turn the volume down, to hear from him, to see? In fact, if I look back on some of the most meaningful moments of my life with the Lord, listen, I'm a, I'm a church kid. I grew up in, I love, I love my parents. They love Jesus. Okay, I grew up in church. I've been to more church services, all right, than you can count. I've been to conferences where the good brothers and sisters preach. I've been to all of it. And God has moved in my life mightily, okay? But when I actually think about some of the things where I've been stirred the deepest, I'm looking back and I'm seeing moments where there was no one around. I remember a, a moment I was felt completely dejected. I was just, I'm just gonna say, I was just sad. It was sad. And I just felt disconnected from the Lord. And I just was finally honest about my sadness, right? Because you can tend to puff up your chest and try to keep moving forward. And I remember where I just was honest with the Lord about it. And there was no one else in the house. In fact, I was getting ready for work. And I was finally being honest about it. And the Lord showed up and spoke and reminded me. I, and I, I wish I could say there was some like magic thing except for it was silent. <laughs> I, I wish that I could say, if you'll just do this, this, and this, it will fix everything. But I, I think the truth is, I just was, it, I turned, the, all the craziness was off and I just opened my heart up and I asked the question and the Lord had something to say to it. I remember that, I, I remember another time I was going through just run of the mill, if you will, uh, quiet, quiet space, just qu uh, like quiet time. I know you, you guys that grew up in church, you know about quiet times. It's probably actually, I don't know that it's a great uh, phrase to use, but we did quiet times. But I remember I was just going through a run of the mill quiet time. I was actually in a basement in Kansas City. And I hadn't even had any barbecue or anything. It was just a normal day, okay? Because sometimes barbecue is spiritual. <laughs> but it was nothing like that. 
I'm having a run of middle time. I'm in a basement. And, and all of a sudden, I'm just reading, I'm just reading the Bible. And out of God's goodness, he just comes and shows up. It comes upon me in just a powerful way. I sense and experience the presence of God. And I'd maybe done it a hundred other times. I didn't sense anything, but it, it shifted and it changed me. I met my wife about a month later. I don't know, maybe that was what that was for. He's like, you get ready, dog. I got this for you. <laughs> But what I know is it was in the silence. It wasn't fanfare. It wasn't in, and I love services and I love worship and I love coming together and being together. But the question is this, are we willing to go to the place of silence to find the special, unique and powerful thing that God wants to say? That's the question that gets, we get to all be confronted with. Are we willing to go there with the Lord? And I'm, even as I share those stories, I'm, I'm, in my own spirit, like, God, I, I, I want to be willing to turn the volume down so that I can hear your voice and see what you have to say. And there's one other thing that's critical and necessary, and we'll finish with this, and I'm just going to ask our team to come up, and we'll finish this morning. The, the, I think the most important thing, besides turning the volume down, is that we have to begin to reject the lie that God does not want to speak to you or that God can't or won't speak to you. It's time to confront the religious spirit that would say, you've not done enough. You're not good enough. You've messed up too bad for God to show up in your world and speak. You don't have your relationships down well enough. You're not doing marriage or parenting well enough or whatever lies where the enemy would try to say to you that you don't have any business receiving the voice of the Lord over your life. Or that you've read the Bible a thousand times as if it's ever going to come alive to you. Or whatever lies that the enemy is perpetuating, it's time for us to acknowledge and say, those are not the truth that we receive from the word of God. That you may even be in a moment right now where you don't feel like God is present. Or that he's not speaking. Or you feel alone. And he's asking us to begin to pose that question. God, do I believe that you love me and you want to speak? That you want to move? That you want to shape me right now? That this month is an intentional month for you to move in my life? For us to receive that God is with us? It's what the Lord wants to do in this hour. And so can we turn the volume down and reject the lie and position ourselves to receive what God has to say? I would love for us to do that as a church. In fact, we're gonna do that this morning as a church. But I want that to be the rhythm for us. Let's, let's have a new fresh rhythm for December and say, God, we're gonna receive what you have. Will you just close your eyes with me? You guys that are with us online at home, close your eyes. And if you can, just let everything else fade away in just this moment. There's nothing else between you and the Lord. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to agree. We often use the term confess. 
But would you just find any lie that the enemy has tried to perpetuate over you to tell you that you cannot meet with him or that he won't speak to you or that you've messed up too much. I want you to name the lie, expose it just between you and the Lord. I'll give you just a few moments. that are joining us at home. Together, we reject the lie that you were not here to speak to us. We confess that we often believe that you're not speaking or that you're not with us. Now, as we've confessed it, the Word of God says, repent. Or those places of unbelief or an untruth that tried to take root, let's just repent. What it means is just a turning of our heart to the truth. Say, we repent of believing anything that's untrue about you. We release those lies. We repent of believing anything that would keep us from you. Repentance is a partnership. So just partner with the Lord. And just in your own words, in your own mind, would you just repent and say, I'm not gonna believe these things anymore. By the grace of God, I repent of believing that I can't hear God or that he won't speak to me. I'll give you a few moments. Receiving. You guys stand. We're going to finish. 
this morning. Receiving the Father, the Son, and His Spirit. And just making that cry and receiving from Him. We're just going to ask, Spirit of the living God, would you fall fresh on me? Cover me. Not just for this moment, but for tomorrow and the next day. That as a position for the month of December, we're saying, God, would you fall fresh and let us receive you new. Let's sing this together.